Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Spinner. Welcome to Notebook, your guide to art, culture and tourism here in Tokyo and throughout Japan. I'm Stuart Monroe, and around this time each Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'll bring a selection of local news and views. On today's episode, the old but new Shinbashi building, but first, immigration. Japan's Immigration Services Agency announced last week its intention to simplify visas with a new system aimed at high earners and graduates from some of the world's top universities. It intends to introduce two new visa pathways sometime in April, J-Skip for what it calls highly skilled professionals, and J-Find, earmarked for individuals who recently moved to the country looking for work. J-Find labelled the Future Creation Individual Visa will extend the current short-term 90-day visa up to two years and allow family members to accompany them. Applicants must have graduated from a top 100 university within the past five years and have at least 200,000 yen or 1,500 US dollars to their name. J-Skip, meanwhile, applies to researchers, engineers and high-level managers, each depending on their qualifications, work experience and income. Successful applicants would be fast-tracked through the visa rankings, while spouses would also be allowed to work full-time. This all comes as the government looks to fast-track schemes around the world, in Singapore, the United Kingdom and New Zealand, all of which grant preferential treatment for highly skilled professionals based on income, industry and experience. In the north, dozens of men gathered in the town of Misato last Wednesday evening for the traditional Takauchi festival. Men were divided into north and south teams, all brandishing six-metre-long bamboo sticks while wearing helmets and short coats, and fought each other for the first time since the start of the pandemic. The history of the festival dates back to the Kamakura period of 1185 to 1333, and is designated an important intangible folk cultural property of Japan. It's said that if the north winds pushing the other side back home, the harvest will be a good one. Well, if the south succeeds, the price of rice will go up. After fireworks, a volley of raised voices and the sound of clashing bamboo, the competition ended with the north side victorious. During the best of three contest, dontoyaki or tempitsu as it's sometimes called also took place, burning Japanese washi paper that had been used to note down individual wishes or praying for good health and good fortune. And finally, Zhang Zhang, the first giant panda born and raised at Tokyo's Oweno Zoo in almost three decades, will be sent home to China tomorrow, after repeated delays. Japan's first giant pandas, Kang Kang and Lan Lan, became an overnight sensation when they arrived from China in 1972, marking the normalisation of ties between the two countries. New couple Xin Xin and Li Di then arrived in 2011. Their first cub died after a few days, while their second, Zhang Zhang, was the first panda to be born and raised at Oweno in 29 years. The original plan was to send Zhang Zhang to China after she turned two, and with her departure finally announced late last year, 
the zoo has been inundated with people eager for one last look, with 296,000 visiting in January alone. Zhangjiang also provided a boost to the Japanese economy. Professor Katsuhiro Miyamoto from Kansai University estimates that she contributed almost 54 billion yen, or 402 million US dollars, in just the first three and a half years of her life. The year before the arrival of giant pandas Kang Kang and Nan Lan in 1972, the new Shinbashi building facing the Amanoti Line and Shinbashi JR Station marked the start of a new breed of building in the capital. It was home to the original salarymen, where the new Shinbashi building also became the first post-war redevelopment of an area, predating structures like the now demolished Nagakin Capsule Tower by Kishio Kurakawa, just as both pandas arrived at Ueno Zoo. Designed by the Matsuda Hirato Sakamoto Design Office and built in February of 1971, the complex was the first post-war redevelopment of its kind, and a rare site bringing together all different retail spaces under one roof. The flagship of urban planning also showcased a new urban area remodelling law enacted in 1961, with one thing in mind, bringing the end to Japan's largest post-war black market, lingering around the edges of Shinbashi Station, a market destroyed several times by fire and by fights that broke out between police, local mobsters and a Chinese gang. By the early 1960s, the area dramatically changed and become home to businessmen and politicians, making the Shinbashi area synonymous with post-war regeneration. Remarkably, the 52-year-old structure still stands as it did when first opened. The complex consists of stores and restaurants on the basement below street level, all the way up to the fourth floor. Offices are found on the fifth and ninth floors, with apartments on both 10th and 11th. Stores were originally arranged in such a way that there was no difference in real estate value, and passages within loop to provide a sense of circulation without any dead ends. Common areas on each floor have their own colour to avoid too much uniformity, making it easier to find your way around, while the distinctive exterior of the building was conceived to be as pale as possible, designing a lattice-like curtain wall that produces a delicate moire effect, hiding the lively commercial space behind it. By late 2014, the fate of Nushinbashi seemed tied to wider regeneration, a plan would redevelop the whole area surrounding the station and be completed by 2023. But by 2022 last year, the building remained open as usual, with the plan and its future both left up in the air. Of course, such a scheme couldn't have foreseen the pandemic in past three years, but another reason for the delay may be the building's age. In fact, according to the results of a 2018 earthquake resistance report, the building is considered at high risk of collapse, should ever experience an earthquake of magnitude 6 or 7. So whatever its future, the new Shibashi building lives on, for now. And considering the recently demolished Nagaking capsule tower, the question for how long will also remain. If you're ever on the Amanoti line, or just nearby, be sure to wander through the careful brilliance of new Shibashi before it's lost for good. That's it for this episode of Notebook. Be sure to check in on Wednesday, February the 22nd. And if you enjoyed this or any of the episodes so far this year and throughout 2022, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts or spread the word online. You can also email the Notebook team, notebook.podcast at gmail.com or even leave a voice message at speakpipe.com forward slash notebook with thoughts for future episodes. Until next time though, thanks for listening. This has been Notebook.